Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Okay, so today we are going to be starting a new book. It's the book of Jonah. We've been off for the last couple of days, taking a a, a break uh, uh, due to McGee uh, having an intro on that. So we were just waiting uh, for the study to start up. And so now we are uh, um, starting the book of Jonah. And this is... Uh, uh, a really, really interesting, interesting book. It's only got four chapters, and it is a very powerful message, it looks like. I've always, you know, every, I think we all, um, as kids, you know, we hear the story of Jonah being swallowed by the big fish, and he's, he's in the belly of the fish. You know, it's a, it's a very vivid story that even kids can understand, so it's um I think it's a part of the Bible. McGee says that this book has been criticized probably more than any other book of the Bible because anybody that's trying to criticize the Bible would say, "How could this be true? How could this be possible?" And so it's uh, a book of the Bible that God is displaying his his power, his authority, and that really that nothing is impossible for him. Uh, and when uh, there's so many things I think I'm ready to learn uh, on so many levels about this. You know, you've got a prophet named Jonah who uh, is being asked to do something. And, you know, we've, we've seen Jeremiah and Isaiah and, and Amos and Obadiah, all these prophets that God's asking to do stuff, they're doing stuff. But what happens when you have a prophet that doesn't want to do what God asks to do? And he's like running away from what God wants him to do. And so, um, can you relate to that? Can you relate to the, to the, you know, to the fact that sometimes in life we know what we're supposed to do, but we, we don't want to do it? Or sometimes when we're being told to do something as children, we don't want to do it, or we being, we're told as adults as we have to do something, and we don't want to do it, and we run the other direction, or we find a way out conveniently. Oh, you know what? I've got plans, or you know what? All of a sudden, 
You know, you're on the opposite spectrum. And that's what that's what Jonah did. You know, Jonah was asked by God to go over and proclaim his word over to these Assyrians in this city called Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was, uh, I think, their capital city of Assyria. Assyria at the time was um, growing in power. Um, it was, you know, coming into its own as a world power. Um, they had... Um, been fighting uh, with everyone around the areas. They were known for their brutality. And um, why would Jonah want to go there? You know, and McGee points out that they'd probably been fighting with the nation Israel off and on for for a while. This was before they actually came in and, and conquered uh, the northern kingdom. Uh, so, so again, They've been fighting back and forth, but but um, their brutality was well known. Uh, it could have been very possible that that um, Jonah witnessed this brutality, and McGee points out, and Matali points out also that um, you know they would bury sometimes their their captives up to their neck out in the sand, put put. Um, um, they would pierce their tongue with something and just leave them there to die, and it would be a torturous death. You could imagine the animals coming up and and um, trying to feed off a bleeding tongue or something like that. What a terrible, what a terrible way uh, to to die like that. So <clears throat> Jonah didn't want anything to do with these people. Do you know? Groups of people today that you feel like you don't want anything to do with, or they don't really deserve your attention, your time. Maybe even they don't deserve your prayers. We live in a very polarized environment sometimes today, and with uh, you know groups of people hating one another, or the politics of hatred <clears throat> right now. Almost uh, in all our news medias or our social medias, you see that polarization. You see people trying to, to leverage the media and the technology for their own, their own advantage, their own politics or, or whatever people want to do. And God is saying to, um, to Jonah, you know, when he's telling him to go do something... He's, um, number one, it's his authority. He's asserting his authority. And he's, he's really speaking to Jonah, who's in the nation of Israel, about another nation. It's outside of the nation of Israel. Now, you know, can you imagine that? That's like a curveball coming at you. That's, that's something you're not prepared for. Like, well, whoa, what a minute, God. You know, with all the other prophets, they, they at least... You know, you told me to go to another city, but now you're telling me to leave the country. I gotta, I gotta get a passport here, and I gotta leave Israel, and I gotta go over to Nineveh. <clears throat> That's the last place that you would want to go. Could you imagine today living in the world we live in today? There are places in the world that are really dangerous to travel because of the different. Um, the different countries 
you know, are very hostile towards different people. And if you went there, you might not, you know, you might not get back. Or you might, you know, you might not have any rights as a citizen, you know. And, you know, we see... We see examples of this in the news. What what terrible, what terrible tragedy sometimes fall, befalls people who are who are uh, traveling around for various reasons, and something happens, and they're imprisoned for no good reason. Well, this is probably going through Jonah's mind. And he's questioning, <clears throat> he's questioning God's uh, mission, and he's also, can you imagine, he's saying to himself, they don't deserve the word of God. But the word did come to Jonah. Jonah had the word, and these people were evil. God says they're evil. God tells Jonah there are some evil people, and um, go there. And you got to go there, number one. Maybe he feels they don't deserve the Word of God, but God tells Jonah, you go there. Not only you go there, and you, but you call them out. Call out against it. <clears throat> Is that a death sentence for Jonah? Is that a is that a setup for failure? So, I think we all can relate to to being in a position like that to deal with people that that make you uncomfortable, to deal with people that are sure to reject you, to deal with people that probably already hate you. <clears throat> To deal with people on behalf of God, not on behalf of yourself, but to deal with people on behalf of God, on God's behalf. And I think this, this, these three verses are calling out to us today. God always calls out to us for us to arise, to get up. He's saying, arise. He's saying, get up from whatever you're doing because I've got something for you to do. And I need you to call out the evil that's in the world today because I don't need this. I can't have the evil in my presence. That's your job, Jonah. That's our job today is to arise, to get up, and to call out evil. <clears throat> and it may <clears throat> involve giving the Word of God to people that you think don't deserve it or don't need to hear it or won't listen to it or will reject it. You've already put your spin on them. And then you've said, well, I'm not going to, they don't need the Word of God. They obviously, you're judging whether or not they need the Word of God. 
So there's a lot going on in these three verses. Let me read them, and then we'll react. Chapter 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. That's verse 1 and 2. Verse 3. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish. From the presence of the Lord, he went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Now, a couple of things right off the bat. There's this contrast of arising to do what God's telling you to do. Arise and go. Arise, go. So what did um, Jonah do? He didn't arise. He went down. He went from Tarsus in, uh, from the presence of the Lord, he went down to Joppa, and he went down into it, into the ship, away from the presence of the Lord. So, he didn't arise and go, he rose to flee, and he went down. So, my study Bible sort of contrasts that, you know, arising to go with rising to, to flee and going down from coming up. And that, that coming up is, that arising up is, is sort of like rising higher. And the, and the more you, the more you arise to go to do God's word, to spread the word of the Lord, you're, you're getting closer to the presence of God. But when you arise to flee, when you, you know, when he gets up to flee and he goes down to Joppa, he goes down into the ship, you know, that, that descending analogy is getting farther and farther away from the presence of God, that going down. And my study Bible says that that going down is sort of uh, referencing uh, going down into death. The farther you are away from the presence of God, that's, that's closer and closer to death. But when you arise to go up, you're, you're, um, you're becoming closer and closer to the presence of God. And when you arise to go up to do God's will, to give out God's word, to call out against evil, that's like... A, uh, I believe it's called a, uh, it's a euphemism. The words are sort of portraying a physical picture, rising up, arising and go. That's going towards the presence of God. I just think that's really um, a really neat uh, picture of what we see in these three verses. So as we look at this today, 
we look at all the ways that we sometimes flee, sometimes run away from what God needs us to do, what God wants us to do, what God calls us to do. The Word of the Lord, we have the Word of the Lord today. It's your Bible. God's written everything down. And in many ways, we're all like Jonah's. Um, God's saying, arise, go. Go to, go to Nineveh. Go to people who you don't necessarily like, but need my word. But need to hear my word. Arise and go. When you arise and get up and go, as you're, as you're going up, sort of a, a I guess a, uh, sort of an analogy. This whole, you know, up and down is kind of a euphemism for life and death. The more you arise to to do God's word, to to do God's will, to give out God's word. And to give his word to people who need to hear it, you're you're getting closer and closer to God's presence. And the more more you look the other way, you want to do what you want to do. You look out for yourself. It's like you're you're fleeing to go down, <laughs> closer and closer to death, away from God's presence. A really fa- a really fascinating beginning of this book. So from here, so for right here, we'll stop and we'll continue our study tomorrow. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to Matali. Matali's got a great take on this as well. And so I hope all of you will enjoy reading Jonah. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm enjoying it so far. So for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. And we'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Jonah chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, all the way to verse 3. So scripture reads, verse 1, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amatiah, saying verse 2 arise go to Nineveh that great city and cry out against it for their wickedness has come up before me so this here is the call and commission of Jonah to go to Nineveh so Jonah here is identified for us already as a prophet because he got that call from God and the son of a Matiah so his a historical character and this was highlighted in the book of second kings 1425 let me just turn to second kings and it reads he restored the territory of israel from the entrance of hamath to the sea of arabia according to the word of the lord god of israel which he had spoken through his servant Jonah, the son of Amatiah, the prophet who was from Gath Hefer. So here we see Jonah is um, a historical character, and um, you know his origin is actually um, given and stated his historical background. So here um, in verse two we have his commission. And verse 2 reads, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So now we also have the commission of Jonah. 
So the city of Nineveh is called here a great city. So it was the Assyrian Empire's capital and it was on the Tigris River. So later we will actually deal with the size of the city, like the size in 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 in, in the uh, in regards to you know how big it is, um, because it's actually emphasized two more times in this book of Jonah. So the emphasis here is on its wickedness, you know, the greatness. So it's great in wickedness that it came up before God, and now God is determined that He would judge it if it doesn't turn to Him. So Jonah now leaves his hometown of Gath Hepher in uh, the northern kingdom of Israel with his call from God but does something very strange so instead of heading to Nineveh as instructed by God he heads in the opposite direction in just a totally different direction so verse 3 goes on to read but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord so Jonah is God's prophet and God had called him to go to Nineveh and at this time Nineveh was you know the great world power in this particular point in history it was actually the great world power of this day so Nineveh is in the east and instead of going east Jonah goes to Joppa you know he walks up to Joppa and he buys a ticket to go to Tarshish so Tarshish is on the southern coast of Spain and it was a city founded by the Phoenicians and these were the great seagoing people of that day and uh, you know in today would probably call them sailors and merchants and they were traders and they had actually founded cities along the Mediterranean which include um, you know North Africa and they had gone as far as Great Britain so they gave it its name um, of England which means the land of tin because this is where they went and got their tin from so Tarshish was founded by the Phoenicians and it was um, you know at the great you sorry it was at the jumping off place in the west so the problem here is Jonah um, and not the fish. So God asked him um, to go to Nineveh and he goes west to Tarshish. So he's supposed to go east and he decides to go west. So he decided not to obey God. And the question is that we actually ask ourselves right now here is why did Jonah do this? And, you know, there are several um, explanations for this. The first explanation is, you know, Jonah reveals that he actually hated the Ninevites and he didn't want them saved at all. And they were a brutal people. So there is a basis for his hatred, obviously. And, you know, Assyria was one of the most brutal nations of the ancient world. And, you know, they were actually feared and dreaded by all the people of that day around there and used some of the most cruel means of torturing people. You know, um, Dr. J.B. McGee pointed out, you know, one of the things that they actually used to do was, you know, they'll take, if they capture people, they'll take them into the desert, into the hot desert and bury them up to their uh, neck and leave their heads out. And then they would put a thorn in their tongue and leave them out there. And, you know, 
uh, with the the heat beating up on you know the person's head and you know it said you know people used to go um, crazy and you know they would die there and you know that was one of the little uh, tricks they had actually conjured up and um, and that's what the, the, the torture methods that they were using so they moved in a very unusual method and one of the reasons the Babylonians actually overcame them was because of the slowness of their march um, the march of the Assyrians because they took their whole families with them so there was actually no order in their army so they had very little order in the army and it was just a mob moving out in the can- the countryside so there was like no order they were moving like a like a swarm like a band of uh, a swarm of locusts so at this particular time we also know that they were making forays down into the northern kingdom of israel so for the longest time it was syria and the northern kingdom that actually fought against each other and they finally came into an alliance at syria and um, the northern kingdom because um, they came into an alliance because uh, into the north and the east of them uh, you know they rose Assyria and Assyria finally took both Syria and Israel into captivity and they first started to actually Assyria first started to actually penetrate into the nation uh, they were going to take so they would come in and make an attack upon a city by surprise and would actually take captive the women and brutally slay the men and the children and it's actually reason to conceive that in Jonah's hometown of Gath Hepher that the Assyrians had actually come down at one time and probably um, they came to his hometown and probably they actually um, slayed his family, his parents and all and, you know, his siblings. And he actually witnessed this. And um, at least we know that Jonah actually hated uh, the Assyrians and didn't want them saved. And so he goes in the opposite direction because he's thinking i'm not gonna go in that direction like why should i go and save these people who brutally like um killed my people and my family so that was the first reason for jonah's disobedience and the second reason why jonah disobeyed god um you know jonah's message was not of salvation you know people would actually say but i mean like jonah is disobeying god because they want those people to be saved but his message that god is giving him is that of judgment and not salvation but um jonah knew god you know this shows he was a man of god he was a prophet he knew god and that's why he went in the opposite direction as he knew that if he went there to a to nineveh with a message of judgment and the people of Nineveh turned to God in repentance which they actually did God wouldn't judge them the city um, God wouldn't judge them and the city um, and he would actually save it and Jonah didn't want that city saved the third reason why Jonah actually disobeyed God um, you know he is a disobedient prophet of God and he's out of the will of God so he is like the prodigal son who actually ran away from home and he didn't want to live under the father's will. So he went to the far country and Jonah is out of the will of God here. So he is out of step with God. And then the final reason why Jonah actually disobeyed God is, um, you know, we may not have noted this before. Um, and I learned something new. Uh, is because, you know, before... God actually never used prophets to carry out 
a message to the nations around Israel. Jeremiah actually said, Jeremiah did send a message to Babylon, but God didn't send message, um, messages to the nations around Israel. So God never sent his messengers as missionaries in the Old Testament. So the method God used in the Old Testament is the opposite method that's actually used today. Today, we ought to go out in the world and minister and take God's word out. So obviously, it must have come as a surprise to Jonah saying, but why am I going out? You know, um, like we have a temple here and people are supposed to come in. So Israel was to serve God in the Old Testament. Israel was to serve God and worship God in a nation that was at the crossroads of the world where three continents actually meet and these three continents are Europe Asia and Africa and nations in that day took this route if they were going by water through Israel and God took these people um, the Israelites put them at the crossroads um, and had them build a temple to worship him and they were to witness to God by serving God um, so they had the inward look at God. So the invitation was to come and let us go up to the house of the Lord and worship. So the invitation was for people from outside to actually come there and worship. And in that day, they witnessed by serving God at the crossroads of the world. And the world came to them. And, you know, there was a brief time in history when they actually did um you know were did serve god and did uh, minister to others who came in and you know this was during the time of um solomon and today um you know israel has been criticized for that because they have um you know were commissioned to actually go out to the world and minister to the world and they haven't done a pretty good job at that so you know an example of this of of um you know, the world coming to um, Israel um, to actually worship, um, here is the Queen of Sheba. She came from the ends of the earth and she heard how they worshipped. And, you know, she heard rumors and she came and found out that there was an altar for sinners and that's what brought her to, you know, a saving knowledge of God. So the historical record states that not only did she come but the kings of the earth actually came to hear um, the wisdom of Solomon. So this is just you know one of the examples given. So during that period, and that was a very brief period, um, you know, like different kings of the earth actually came. So they witnessed to the world, but not by going out as missionaries, but by the world coming in to them. And for us today, it's the opposite. You know, we are commissioned to actually go out and witness for the Lord and you know it must have been surprising to Christ's apostles who were mostly Israelites all of them were Israelites when the Lord said to them um, who were brought up you know and, and they were actually brought up with um, on the Old Testament when the Lord said to, to them go out into the world and preach the gospel and you know he told them instead of come up to Jerusalem he said uh, beginning at Jerusalem you are to go to the ends of the world and this is the method that we actually use today but it was the opposite in the Old Testament so we are to go out to the world so you can't actually just build a church by the corner and actually expect people to come to it 
expect masses to come to it. You know, this is, you know, one of uh, the statements Dr. J.B. McGee gave, and it actually makes a lot of sense. So this method wasn't the method of going out into the world. It wasn't the method in Jonah's day. And he was actually surprised by it when God said to him, arise and go to Nineveh. So this book actually now reveals that God is a God of the Gentiles and not just the Jews. And uh, Paul actually makes this very clear in Romans 3 verse 29. Let me just turn there and it reads, Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. So, um, you know, Paul makes this clear that, you know, um, God is a God of, you know, both Jew, Gentile, no matter what color creed you are, God is a God for all. So now, um, you know, let me just read through um, our study where we started from. And it reads, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amatiah, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, he went down to Jopper and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So Jonah went, purchased his tickets, went to Jopper, purchased his tickets, went on the ship and, you know, he went down and, you know, took a nap, slept. So now this scenario here, this illustration should answer a lot of folk, you know, a lot of Christians wondering if, they are in the will of God or not. The fact that uh, one is actually having a difficult time is not proof that you are out of God's will. It may be proof that you are in God's will. Um, and, you know, if you're having it easy and things are going smoothly and great for you, and this is uh, the measure that one is using to actually interpret, to interpret God's will for one's life, then, you know, one is actually depending on something that's not very solid, as this kind of thinking won't help much in times of crisis. So the illustration here, you know, genre is actually headed in the opposite direction. Um, that he was actually instructed not to like to go um, that you know God actually called him to go God called him to go to Nineveh and Jonah decided to disobey God and go the opposite direction so he's out of the will of God and he went down to Joppa with no problems so you know if you look at this illustration, you know, here's, here's Jonah. You know, everything is working out smoothly for him. God um, instructs him to go to Nineveh and he decides to go the opposite direction. So he gets up, goes, gets a ticket and everything's just going great. Nothing's like um, um, going in a bad way for him. You know, he goes to Joppa with no problems and buys his ticket and gets on board uh, the ship. And he knew he was out of the will of God. And he goes and sleeps and everything seems lovely. And a lot of Christians today, they think that if, you know, they're having a difficult time, they complain and they think, you know, you know, God's not hearing me. I'm out of the will of God. What have I done and all? And um, if things are going easy and everything works out, then they actually are in God's will. But it's not always like that. It's not always the case. Look at Jonah's case. Everything was going great up until the time, you know, there was the storm that's when we get to realize you know jonah is out of the will of god anyway from the time he disobeyed god he was out of the will of god already so yeah 
um, this is today's teaching. Brilliant start to our study and looking forward to uh, the continuation of Jonah's um, personal account, the continuation of Jonah's story. So yeah, thank you all for listening in. It's been a great study. Have a good day. God bless you all. Stay safe. And um, bye-bye. See you next time. Thank you.